my namaskars to all of you. Swami Vivekananda envisioned an ashrama where only Advaita philosophy will be practiced and preached and it will be lived in the heart of Himalayas in a place called Mayavati will be the attempt to cross Maya. And that is called Advaita Ashrama. It is a branch center of Ramakrishna Mat and Ramakrishna Mission. And it has a branch in Kolkata. And this place is far from the nearest village, four and a half kilometers. In hills, when we say four and a half kilometers, it's quite a distance. From there, we have a 180 to 100, uh, 200 degree view of the Himalayas. We have about 80 to 90 species of birds coming all through the year. We have leopards and bears coming, though we don't take their mobile phone numbers. And it is there from where India has seen the translations of many Prasthanatraya texts being done, serialized first in the journal of which I am privileged to be the present editor, Prabuddha Bharata or Awakened India, and later on coming out as books, both Prakarna Granthas and also Prasthanatraya Granthas. So, as part of my editing, some months ago when I was editing an article, I came across the author of the text called Vanamala, which is a tika on the Shankara Bhashya of Taitriya Upanishad. So he, his name is Achyuta Krishnananda Tirtha. While searching for the life details of this author, I almost like serendipity came across a person's name called Swami Chidghananda Puri. We in the Ramakrishna mission, we belong to the Puri Sampradaya of the Dashanami Sampradaya. And he had written a book called Brahma Sutra Bhashya Nirnaya, which, as luck would have it, was there in our library there. And I did not waste any time to decide that this would be the topic of my presentation here and also would be a paper which would be published in the annual issue of Prabuddha Bharata this January 2020, which special focus is on Advaita Vedanta. It is called Themes of Advaita. Scholars from across the world are contributing to that journal. Now, what is important about this work? Rajendranath Ghosh was the pre-monastic name of Chidgananda Puri. He was a great scholar and he translated many texts into Bengali, edited many texts in Sanskrit. And he was initiated into the Ramakrishna tradition even before he became a monk by Swami Achyutananda. And he studied under Pramathanath, Yogendranath, Tirtha, Parvati Charan and Sri Lakshmana Shastri. And in the same ashrama in Mayavati, in 1940, on the Tithi Puja of Sri Ramakrishna, he was initiated into sannyasa by the sixth president of the Ramakrishna order, Swami Virajanandaji. 
and that was when he was 68 years so usually as you all know in ramkrishna mission unmarried male young people are initiated into sanyasa or they are taken as an exception he was given this and he passed away at our varanasi center when he was 75 this book was published by the varanasi center it is around 700 pages in sanskrit in 1943 and seeing that a person so advanced in age was given sanyasa by swami virajananda ji who had at that time given sanyasa to three more people some other person approached him and understandably virajananda ji refused now the books which he wrote uh, chitgananand ji wrote there is acharya shankar or ramanuj in bengali then there is a paper called Bio- biography of the late dr mahendralal sarkar in english then he translated the brahma sutra bhagavad gita tarka sangraha advaita siddhi vyapti panchakam and also the complete works of shankaracharya into bengali then he translated nyaya pravesha vedanta sara tarka amrita and edited the book vedanta darshaner itihas history of vedanta philosophy by swami pragyananand saraswati while uh, he writes this uh, brahma sutra bhashya nirnaya why is it so important here first of all it's a courageous work how courageous he analyzes 10 bhashyas of the brahma sutras of shankaracharya bhaskaracharya ramanuja nimbarka madhva shrikantha shrikara vallabha vigyana bikshuvan baladeva and before that he has a scholarly introduction where he critically analyzes the thoughts of the contemporary scholars at that time in the 1940s both in sanskrit and bengali also after that introduction he goes on to critically analyze every sutra of the brahma sutra he puts a table draws 10 columns and says because as we know vyasa did not provide any numbering this was done by the bhashyakaras so he using the sangatis whether there is adhyaya sangati adhikarana sangati pada sangati he tries to find out which bhashya makes more logical sense and he is he tells in his introduction that to do this is a very daring thing but yet i attempted and he does that and finally he concludes that it is shankaracharya's bhashya which is closer to the intent of vyasa and so that is the best and he draws a table where he actually lists the number of errors in all these bhashyas and he is bold enough to say that shankaracharya's bhashya has got 24 errors but being the least it is the best and closest to vyasa's intent and from him we come to know about such rare texts uh, i am still searching for the manuscript of this text if any one of you know knows please tell me please let me know ayyanna dikshita was a scholar from tamil nadu late uh, 18th century and he wrote a text called vyasa tatparya nirnaya where which is referred to by chitgananand puri where he says that brahma sutra bhashyas Uh, uh intent 
by Shankara is of Vyasa and Vyasa's intent was basically to establish Advaita Vedanta. Though we know Vedanta Sutras are taken by everyone to prove their own school, but this Ayana Dikshita says, and that is what Chitgananda Puri also says. And he gives five special features. He calls it Kaushalam. So he gives five special features of the Brahma Sutras. The first one is that the Brahma Sutras follow the purport of the Smriti, uh, Shruti, sorry, Shruti. And he says, that is why if ever there is a contradiction between what Vyasa says, apparent contradiction and the uh, intent of the Shruti, then Shankaracharya follows Shruti. So apparently it seems that he is contradicting Vyasa, but he is not. Then the second um, Kaushalam of this text is that the Brahma Sutras can be classified logically in a manner that they will be in consonance with the chapters Adhyaya, Pada and Adhikarana. It is possible to logically do this. The very possibility that it is possible to do is, it's according to Chitgananda, the second feature. The third feature he says that Brahma Sutra by default, as we are prone to use the computer language, by default Brahma Sutra, they fall into such a schema of things that they regulate the meaning of the Adhikarana, Adhyaya, Pada, etc. And the fourth speciality according to him is there is a continuity in the entire scheme of Brahma Sutras and there is a logical consonance between however way you classify the Padas, there will be a logical consonance. So that actually shows the mastery or expertise of Vyasa because irrespective of how you classify the Padas, but of course again he says, Chitgananda Puri says that there is no disagreement generally that there are four Padas etc or uh, four Adhyayas etc. There is no dis uh, disagreement. Where there is disagreement is about how they are classified into Adhyayas and Adhikaranas. Now, he is also bold enough to tackle straight away by the horn, so to say, some problems which we generally come across while we talk about Shankaracharya's works and that is uh, his being compared with Buddhist scholars. So, in one place he says, uh, where uh, we get this objection that Gaudapada has used the same words in his Karika, he says that Buddhist thinkers have been there even before Gautama Buddha and so Chidgarananda says that uh, Buddhists don't have any special claim on the Sanskrit language and so these words can be used by anybody. So it is not like that. And second thing is, if it is were really true that uh, Gaudapada uses Buddhist philosophy or he follows Shunyavadins as he quotes that Haran Chandra Shastri who was a contemporary to Chitgananda Puri, then why is it that no other people who oppose Advaita Vedanta tell that? Because Purvapaksha will be always on a lookout to find out these points. And then he uh, says, I have translated it into English. Um, he says, that the Buddhists follow the Sankhya philosophy can be proved by the book 
ತತ್ವ ಸಂಗ್ರಹ ಆಫ್ ದ ಸೆವೆಂತ್ ಏಟ್ ಸೆಂಚುರಿ ಬುದ್ಧಿಸ್ಟ್ ಶಾಂತರಕ್ಷಿತ ದೇರ್ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಸೀನ್ ದಟ್ ದಿ ಆಥರ್ ಆಫ್ ತತ್ವ ಸಂಗ್ರಹ ಶಾಂತರಕ್ಷಿತ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದಿ ಆಥರ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಗ್ಲಾಸ್ ಆನ್ ದಿಸ್ ವರ್ಕ್ ಕಮಲಶೀಲ ಸೈಟ್ ದ ಫೋರ್ ಫೇಮಸ್ ಬುದ್ಧಿಸ್ಟ್ ಟೀಚರ್ಸ್ ವಸುಮಿತ್ರ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಅದರ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಕ್ವಾಶ್ ದರ್ ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ಪಾಯಿಂಟ್ ದೇರ್ ಫೋರ್ ದ ಕ್ವಾಶಿಂಗ್ ಆಫ್ ಬುದ್ಧಿಸ್ಟ್ ಥಾಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಸಿಮಿಲರ್ ಟು ದ ಕ್ವಾಶಿಂಗ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಥಾಟ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಫಾಲೋವರ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಸಾಂಖ್ಯ ವೈಶೇಷಿಕ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಅದರ್ಸ್ the vedantic standpoint of the falsity and indescribability of the apparent has alone been followed by buddhists while propounding shunyavada that means shunyavada is nothing other than this mithyatva etc we certainly see many vedic gods and the like in buddhism their worship too is according to vedic and tantric customs their spiritual practices have evolved from the yoga philosophy thus it is concluded that buddhism is only a distorted form of the Veda- vedic philosophy that's what he concludes in a time when people are saying that hinduism is nothing but an umbrella religion and also yoga is not at all uh, hindu it is a jain or buddhist thing now we need to study these scholars and uh, of course the polak thing uh, i don't know why any indologist or any indian studies scholar should take polak seriously i don't know that just because he has got a thing in columbia university and that university also why should anybody take serious it is high time that we start discourses on our own not trying to you know benchmark it or piggyback it with western uh, framework so the whole point that there is no work being done on advaita vedanta only blind person can say that because from where are you getting these ideas polak for one person is always using ramakrishna math books ah and if you go to his library personal library i know because i know many students who <laughs> work for him so he is work working on ramakrishna math books yet he has the temerity and ignorance of course to tell that ram uh, advaita vedanta has not been or sanskrit in sanskrit there has been no works after 1850 so this work as i told you was published in 1943 so this definitely shows that uh, there is uh, there has been lot of work and that work also to such an extent bold that you are critiquing shankara himself forget about other people you are critiquing shankara himself to prove of course that shankara is the closest to vyasamata so uh, it is my request we are trying to publish this uh, from advaita ashrama uh, my it is my request that all of you should try to like we had yesterday one session on rare books if you go to archive.org you have plenty of books all you have to do is just put the keyword advaita please try to uh, get this uh, uh, this thing and i'm afraid of uh, tulsi ji is coming <laughs> i have i have put the timer i don't want to eat on others uh, space so please get these books and because most of you know sanskrit you have a very good working knowledge of sanskrit all it uh needs to be done is to just you know translate them in a language that human beings can understand that is another problem with you see while we are talking about untranslatables yeah while we are talking about untranslatables it is also true that most of us would not be here but for swami vivekananda or chinmayananda or such people ramana maharshi so translation has to be there to tell other people that there is something which cannot be translated <laughs> to get that idea across you need translation and i know that translation swami ji himself famously said shraddha is a word which cannot be translated swami vivekananda said that but still for that to be 
put across uh, the table you need translation and so this is my uh, humble request to all of you that let us uh, one thing which we see in indian studies is that people are good in sanskrit they don't know english they might be good in sanskrit and english but they don't know computers so we have to somehow get out of that block and let us make sure that like iit kanpur started a project of uh, putting all the bhashyas on internet so let us take all prakarna granthas have blogs put them word by word meaning etc and i uh, personally thank harikran ji for the uh, extraordinary work he is doing and uh, uh, i uh, want i am glad that i could be a small part of this thank you